Hey, welcome everyone to episode 76 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for everyone that's checking us out. If you like what we're doing here, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a ton. We're doing this all for you. So this week, we're going to be talking to an arcade owner named Aaron. He owns Mission Control uh, Arcade. Mission Control Arcade is located in Chicago. It's got tons of uh, retro games, uh, retro pinballs, and it's just a really cool atmosphere, bar and everything. And I guess we'll just bring him in here so that he can tell us a little bit more about his uh, business. And I guess without further ado, here's Aaron. How you doing? Well, hello, sir. Thank you for letting me uh, be on your show. Yeah, I'm glad you're able to make it on, and I'm glad we get to talk about your arcade. Um, I know there's a whole bunch of arcades in Chicago, um, and yours definitely stood out to me when I was going through some Instagram pages. So I just wanted to get to know a little bit more about your business and where it all came from. Um, I guess the first thing is just introduce yourself, Aaron. Just let us know a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Uh, my name is Aaron Allen. I've been running in arcade bars in Chicago for the better part of 10 years. Uh, we used to have a place called Uptown Arcade. It's in Lawrence and Broadway. I'm sure a lot of people who watch this might have some sentiment for it but during um during covid we had to close down and reassess our plans so basically we put everything in storage and myself and the staff and i uh, went and sat on the beach for the better part of like six to eight months and to reevaluate whether we wanted to continue this and it and the ultimate conclusion was yes we do and so we found a uh, a new spot just a mile up the road got everything out of storage started from ground zero again and just got our stuff going and everything's been going well since then you know everybody's coming out of their their caves finally and we're we're just happy to be back. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good that you already had experience with another arcade and you got to start a new venture at a different location. Uh, it's definitely got to be nice to just pick up the games and move them somewhere else as opposed to having to search for them and kind of find them. Um, I guess another question I had for you was your earliest memories with arcade games. Like, what were some of your earliest memories that started this, I don't know, hobby, addiction, whatever you want to call it? hobby addiction both of them um my earliest uh memories of arcade games were not arcade games it was my neighbor had an atari 2600 and because uh, video games were not a, a big thing in my house growing up so i would sneak next door and play the atari and then Eventually, I grew up a little, and our babysitter would take us to the mall, and she would go to Hot Topic and drop off five dollars in quarters in our hand, and drop and throw us into tilt. Be like, "I'll see you in two hours." So, some of my favorite original games are probably from the original, like '90s. Like the first ones I remember playing are Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Um, I, I I always found the Space Invaders in the back corner because no one else was playing it, and that was always one of my favorites. 
that's pretty much where I, that went. Yeah. Like, and then at the end of the day, she'd have to drag us out. That's pretty funny. It sounds like the classic <laughs> babysitter taking you to the mall saying, stay here in the arcade. I'm going to go do something else. I'll be back. Well, it's only 25 cents. It goes a long way, especially if you can get good at something or you can smooth the, uh, the operator of the place. Yeah, that's definitely a funny, funny way to get started on the arcade scene. Um, I guess the next question I have for you is how did Mission Control start? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I guess we could even go back and talk about Uptown Arcade. Like, how did you first get into the arcade business and start your own arcade? Oh, wow, that's a long story. Um, The first inkling of this exploration was I was a bartender in college, and I got a job at a place called uh, Pac-Man Cafe, which was a very short-lived run by Namco that was all just Namco games and pretty much Pac-Man based. And so at the end of the night, I was the closing bartender. And I, I, I'd always liked arcade games, but I'd never even, it wasn't an idea in my head to do something like this. But I would have the uh, arcade attendants, you know, the technicians would come in at close. We would close at midnight. And I was always curious what they were doing. So I very quickly figured out that they all like to drink beer. So I would get a pitcher of beer for the staff and they would let me pair it on their shoulder and show me all of their secrets. So, you know, the difference between a CRT and an LCD and how coin mechs work and other assorted sundries that go with, you know, running an arcade. And so I got a very easy education for not a lot. So it it was basically like going to technical school, but I just paid for it in beer. That's a valuable currency. (laughs) Right. So how did you then go and start um, Uptown Arcade? Um, Because I got extremely lazy. I worked in the film industry for way too many years and put too much of my heart and soul into it. And I had been telling my, my friends in college, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we just got all these classic arcade games and started slinging booze on the side? And they all looked at me and laughed at me like, yeah, that's, that's really viable. And then like, um, smaller places like Barcade in New York started popping up. And a couple, I looked at, uh, there's a place called Stark, um, Star Worlds in DeKalb. And Pac-Man Pete is a good friend of mine. And it proved to me concept like i think we could do this like because uh you know 10 years ago these games were being thrown away they were they were just garbage on ebay or alleys or somebody's basement 
And so we accrued a, a good amount of them for very little cost. And then I had all my experience of bartending for so many years. It seemed like a logical connection. Yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense to me. That seems like a pretty linear progression. And like you said, those arcade games were dirt cheap in like 2008, 2010 in that ballpark. Like nobody was doing this. Um, and I think you found a good spot in Chicago. That's a great place to be for arcades. And it seems like there's more popping up all the time. Um, let's talk about games. We, you mentioned that you got a whole bunch of them for very cheap. What games do you guys have in Mission Control right now? What's your lineup look like? Um, we probably have about 60 games, I'm thinking, right now. We, we have some obscure, but we have the classics. We have, you know, everything from Frogger to Miss Pac-Man to Revolution X, Terminator 2. There's a great just little progression of literally something for everyone. And we also have a good bank of classic pinballs uh, where... Obviously, being from Chicago, we're huge Stern fans, so we have a a good wall of uh, new newer pinballs like Batman '66, Monsters. I'm just I'm looking over to <laughs> reconfirm because everything is always changing around here. Um, our favorite right now is the Mandalorian. People come into that quite a bit, but yeah. We're, we're just trying to, you know, it, it evolve, but keep it classic. You know, we got Missile Command, but then we have, you know, the the new Black Knight pinball. So that's what we're really trying to do is just keep everybody engaged. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to run the business and everybody's coming in for the experience. So whether it's a brand new game or a super old game, it doesn't matter too much they just want to be able to play a little bit of everything um and you were talking about how you have some obscure games there um what games are you on the hunt for right now like what games would be like your top five maybe like holy grail games you'd love to bring into the arcade oh um i would love an atari star wars that would probably be my probably be my number one I've gotten, I've really lucked into getting some of my games that I always wanted. Um, well, also, we're always looking for a Tempest. Uh, those vector games, oh, they're so hard to come by these days. Uh, we just got an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I've already spent way too many of my own quarters on. Um, as, as far as games that we're really looking for we were kind of filled to capacity like i i really can't think of anything off the top of my head that i that we would want here that we haven't already procured you know yeah i mean you said you already have like 60 plus games in there so that's that's a pretty wide range of games obviously including pinball and classics um, so you've got a lot in there already. Mm-hmm. So for you yourself, you've been playing arcade games for a while now. You've owned multiple arcades. What games do you look for when you go into an arcade? 
And what are some of your favorite games of all time? Oh, when I, when I go into an arcade, I always look for the driving games because we don't have the space for them. Things like Cruising USA. Uh, I love the, the Mario Kart. The, the things that we can't physically have are always the ones that I like. I like pinball, but I'm horrible, horrible, horrible at pinball. I do not have a high score in any of the tables that we have here. And I have full access to them 24 hours a day. And I, I try my best. I play them after hours. And I, it, it's just not something that I, I can do. But I, I love them and I still put quarters into them. So it's, I mean, it, and shooters. We do have House of the Dead. I've stayed here until the early morning hours. I've still never finished the game. Time Crisis is always fun. Things, so the obscure, like, big games that we, we can't fit are what I look for when I go to an arcade. I mean, everybody's got a Ms. Pac-Man. Of course, we have a Ms. Pac-Man, but... I mean, that's not something I actively seek out. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with that. What would you say are your maybe top three favorite games of all time? Oh, top three favorite I'm I'm going to have to take a drink and think about that one. It's a tough question. I mean, there's a lot of games. It's always a loaded question. It always is, but I always have obscure answers. Um my favorite game of all time has to be RoboCop. Okay. Daddy East did some really good stuff like in the like 87, 88 era, and that was the sweet spot of me being in the arcades. And I mean it's gotta it's not just like go to the right final fight beat the crap out of somebody you know there's like elevated like you you go down you go up on different levels it's not just repetitive so you know my father was a police officer when i was a kid so of course i was obsessed with robocop like i thought my dad was robocop so whenever i went to the uh the arcade that's where my quarters went. And also, again, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. I've never once completed that game. I've never made it across the damn rope bridge. But hopefully I'm going to get there now that we have one. But I've definitely sunk some quarters into it. and It's been a couple months. Still haven't gotten there. Hey, oh, and Tempest. Tempest was always one of my favorites again vector graphics games they they blow my mind i love i just i love the visuals of it and like oh i had probably rounded out with um uh i don't know that's a very good question yeah i don't know there we go I mean, those are three great games, three classics. And like you said, the Vector games, they're so cool. They're so unique compared to a lot of the stuff that was being made at that same time. Um, I think one of my last questions I have for you 
say you went back in time, right? Like you currently went back in time and you could talk to your younger self before you opened any of the arcades. What advice would you give to your younger self before starting the arcade to save yourself some stress and some headaches? Hmm. Um, should have bought more games back, uh, back when they were readily available. Uh, it's an absolute nightmare now to buy games because everyone our age is has money to spend and prices are through the roof. Like I said, when I first started collecting, which was probably well over 15 years ago, people would give you these games out of their basement just to get rid of them. And now you look at prices on eBay and Craigslist and you go, wow, that's like five times the price of my first car, which is really frustrating at times because I, I should have bought everything that was offered to me back when I started collecting, but I just didn't have the space. You know, I was a college student. I'm like, I was lucky to find the space that I did. I was storing games in, you know, my buddy's garage or somebody's basement or an extra room. Like, no, just please, you know, hold on to these. They're, they're, they're going to be valuable again. They're going to be viable someday again. Like, the new generation is going to come up and they're gonna, you know, have a reappreciation for it. So that that's the advice that I would have given my younger self. Have more space. <laughs> I mean, you were right. They are viable. People are looking for them. And like you're saying, I mean, some of these games you could have gotten for free. People just clearing out their basement and now they're worth three, four thousand dollars for a 30, it, it's, game. it's ridiculous. It drives me insane, man. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but I mean, that's what it is. There's arcade bars everywhere. They're super popular. And I know people just, they just want the nostalgia. They want to be able to go somewhere where they can just forget about everything that's happening and just have fun. Like they used to. I, I totally agree. Uh, we're normally at 21 and up uh, bar during the week, but on weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, we do uh, family days. So from noon to five, it's all ages. And it always amazes me how many families will come in. Like, you know, parents that are 35, 40, that grew up in an arcade and then they bring their young children that only know video games through Xbox and PlayStation. And so they'll, they'll come in and you see these kids on stools that are looking at Frogger like, this is how you used to play arcade games? Like, I don't understand, Dad. Like, like no, it, it used to be that way back in the day. Like, I can't just... Andy, the controller, and the couch. And like, it, ha it had to see? start somewhere. Right? It, it's always amusing to me. I usually uh, I usually bartend on Saturday nights, but I'm always happy to get up early on Sundays just to see the kids run around just starry-eyed. Just like the looks of confusion in their face. Like, this is how it used to be <laughs> back in the day. And it's, like, it's so... Yeah, it's ahead. so different too. Like, I mean, you think about these kids, they're getting like a, a 
Xbox game or whatever, and it's coming in a box. There's not even really an instruction manual in it anymore. It's just the disc. And then they come to see these games, and it's a full cabinet with art and marquees and lights and special controllers and everything. It's very different. It very much is. It's and it's always fun to see like the uh, the youngsters figure out that you actually have to stand next to somebody and put your quarter down for Mortal Kombat and actually have to stand next to them. Like you didn't play online. So that I, I always find that part really amusing, especially games like NBA Jam. Like there's nothing like having, you know, you and three buddies just all elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, shoving quarters in there and like really yelling at each other and not just doing it over a headset online. Yeah, completely different atmosphere. I think it's way more fun personally. That's why we developed our game to go into the arcade. And I, th- I think that's just, it's different atmosphere. I guess the last thing just to wrap everything up with you, Aaron, is just shout out the social medias. Where can people find your arcade so that they can follow along on your journey? Oh, well, we're available on everything. Uh, Uptown or, or uh, not Uptown Arcade. Sorry, you can delete that one. Uh, Mish Control Arcade Bar. Uh, we're at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, if anybody has any questions or wants to do an event with us, that would be great. That's the best pace. Um, we're also on the, the standard Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, whatever the kids are using these days. Uh, I'd also like to give a, a very special shout out to my good friends at Star Worlds Arcade. They're up in DeKalb, Illinois, and they've been absolutely instrumental in helping me evolve as an arcade. They've been there for 30 years. Pac-Man Pat is one of the, the greatest gurus in all of Illinois when it comes to anything arcade. I highly suggest if you're into vintage arcade games go say hi to him they are just a wonderful establishment and they're also partners with us and they they have a couple games here so i mean i think that's about it for the shout outs but yeah i just wanted to get star world star worlds in there because they're awesome awesome yeah I've, i've looked into them they they know their stuff they've got tons of cool games um they run a great arcade um I guess that wraps everything up here. Aaron, I just want to say thank you for coming on here. Really enjoyed talking to you, hearing a little bit about your story and all the games you've got. Um, I'm going to throw your social medias in the description. So if you guys want to check them out, definitely go check them out. Um, If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, peace. Cheers.